We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com, your home for everything Lakers. I am still here in Atlanta. I've got a flight tomorrow. Had a great time today at an open run. Got to see our old friend Devontae Kaycock was, was out there at an Atlanta open run, as well as a number of other guys, including Kai Soto, who we were here to see. We'll have more on that in the future. But for the time being, again, you get me in my hotel room and we'll talk a little Lakers basketball here we saw some amazing NBA games tonight some I mean the the Celtics Bucks game that was absolutely incredible especially because of I wouldn't be in such a good mood if the if the finish had gone the other way but because of the outcome the Bucks getting the improbable win oh Celtics on the brink gotta love it that is always a great night for Lakers fans unfortunately then we had this Warriors Grizzlies game that wasn't was quite as exciting, but still remarkable that the Grizzlies got up, what, 50 points at one point in this game and just blew out the Golden State Warriors. Absolutely amazing. Now we go to Game 6 in Golden State, and if the Grizzlies win that one, oh, that's going to be a lot of fun. Game 7 in Memphis with everything on the line would be a blast. I still think the Warriors probably get it done in 6, but... But if there's that chance that we can get a Game 7 in Memphis, please make that happen, basketball gods. If there's any series that I want to see go 7, it's that one. A series I don't want to see go 7, Celtics and Bucks. Milwaukee, please get this thing done in 6. Send the Celtics home so I don't have to worry about it anymore. I said going into the playoffs, my finger, fingers crossed hope was that we wouldn't have to see this, the either the Celtics or the Clippers go all the way to the finals. We had a pretty good feeling that the Clippers weren't going to. Would love to see the Celtics get bounced out, though. Not have to worry about that anymore. Absolutely incredible comeback win for the Bucks. Bobby Portis off a missed free throw gets the, the go-ahead bucket to ultimately give the Bucks the win. And a couple of huge defensive plays from Drew Holiday, ironically on the defensive player of the year. Marcus Smart, you had a block and then a steal to seal the game. Amazing stuff there from him. But we are going to talk. There's a lot of... There's a lot of... Uh, Stuff going on today. Oh, people saying that that things are lagging in here. Yeah, guys, you know, I told you we're we're working off of the hotel Wi-Fi, so the audio should be just fine. Last time we got away with it and we were okay uh, as far as the uh, the audio went or the video went. If it's 
if it's lagging today, I'm sorry. Again, I'm working off a hotel Wi-Fi, doing the best I can here. Audio should still be just fine for you, though. So, anyway, let's get into some Lakers stuff. There is some Lakers news that we need to get into. Kenny Atkinson was the news today. A little bit of the news, anyway. There was also this Phil Jackson thing that was going around. We'll talk a bit about that as well. But let's start with Kenny Atkinson. Um, his situation with the Golden State Warriors, he becomes now... A, a target for the Lakers, somebody that they have asked to interview. Uh, I think it's an interesting one. I mean, he coached the Nets a while back. He's a guy who does have respect around the NBA. That's, you know, when we looked at this coaching hire, we've talked about why they might not want a first-year head coach. And again, we've talked about all the merits that, that Darvin Ham has. But the downside for a first-year head coach is it's the Lakers, right? You know you know that everything is going to be scrutinized. Everything's going to be magnified. Heck, I saw an article today where they threw in the keyword Lakers into the title and didn't mention the Lakers at all in the article. The Lakers just draw interest. It's it's the way it goes, right? And it comes with being the most popular franchise in the world. The most popular basketball franchise in the world, it's the Los Angeles Lakers. It comes with the territory. But if you're a first-year head coach and you're dealing with not only the spotlight that the Lakers can put on someone, but also LeBron James, the urgency to win right now. You have to get everything right. You have to win right now because LeBron's going to be 38 years old. That's a lot. That's a lot to put on a first-year head coach. So I understand, as much as I like Darvin Ham, I understand why the Lakers would be a little bit hesitant to go that path. Kenny Atkinson has head coaching experience in the NBA, and it's another veteran coach that you could turn to. Now, again, personally, I would still do prefer bringing in somebody with fresh ideas rather than a retread, but if you can find the right guy, I think that's interesting. I think there's some people that you could look to and say, okay, this is somebody who's going to come in and command respect from day one. I think that's going to be important on this veteran-heavy team. Do you have somebody who's going to come in and be walked all over? I'm not saying Darvin Ham would. I don't think he would. But do you have somebody who's going to be walked all over because they don't have the respect of the players? And again, I don't think that applies to Darvin Ham, but it could apply to other first-year head coaches. Or are you going to bring somebody who comes in with this history of success in the NBA and therefore brings that respectability with them and, and demands instant respect from the players? That's a dynamic that you have to be really careful with if you're the Los Angeles Lakers. So Kenny Atkinson, another person that does work out with um, that does work out in terms of being a veteran who has been around before, who's done things with your Los Angeles uh, with the NBA. I'm getting some questions and comments coming in here. <laughs> a few super chats. We do also need to talk about this Phil Jackson thing. Um, this whole situation with uh, Phil reportedly wanting to trade LeBron, maybe, and maybe build around Russell Westbrook, that's a little bit concerning. So we'll talk about that. I've got a couple of Super Chats we need to get to. Again, guys, if the if the Wi-Fi is not great, uh, doing this out of a hotel, so <laughs> apologies. Last time we did this, it was fine. So those of you in the chat, if it's bugging you, just listen to the audio. Audio should be just fine. Uh, Chris said, hey, Trevor, I heard from a reliable inside source the Kings are forming a new ownership group that includes Russell Wilson and are moving to Seattle. That's interesting. Um, I, I have, haven't heard anything remotely about that, anything of that nature. Uh, there Years ago, the Kings were looking at, at potentially moving to Seattle. That was a thing. Um, then they made a pledge to stay in Sacramento. It looked like it was probably going to happen, and then last minute it didn't. I know most people in, in Seattle, at least this was the case back then, preferred they get, they get an expansion team rather than take somebody else's team because they know how it feels to have their own team taken away. And I do think that the NBA is on pace 
to expand. I think we're going to see that. I think the talent pool in the NBA is deep enough. And I certainly saw quite a bit of talent at the open run here in Atlanta that I was at today. That was, oh my goodness, dunks were raining down everywhere. It was, it was fantastic. But in any event, I think the talent pool is deep enough. I think there's a need from a revenue side where owners are still hurting from, from COVID. And so if they can bring in an expansion and bring in those expansion fees, what's instantly gets divided up between all the owners in the NBA, we're talking billions of dollars, that is attractive too to NBA owners who right now are, are looking to recoup some of those losses from COVID. So I think we are going to see expansion in the NBA. And I think the two places that it's going to land based on everything that we're seeing right now, it's going to be Seattle and Las Vegas. Now, again, I, I would expect to hear some other cities in the mix, but those are the two front runners right now. And it makes all the sense, right? Seattle probably shouldn't have lost their team to begin with, right? Should, should not have happened. The Sonics shouldn't have never left. So you can bring back the Sonics, right that wrong, and then... Las Vegas, you've already got a great relationship with Las Vegas NBA Summer League, which, by the way, I started making Summer League plans today. Let's go. It's going to be a ton of fun. Las Vegas, uh, July 7th through 17th is Summer League this year. So coming up just a couple of months, cannot wait. One of my favorite things every single year, but that's coming up. Uh, You've got that relationship built in, though, with Las Vegas. So you already run Summer League there. Very, very well-versed with the city. You have that relationship. And then... On top of that, you've seen hockey do really, really well in Las Vegas. Now we're seeing, um, we've seen even soccer has been been growing in Las Vegas. You've got other sports, of course, the Raiders with football uh, are growing there. Everything's going well with those with those clubs. So why not bring in the NBA? Las Vegas has proven they can support professional sports franchises. I think it makes a lot of sense for the NBA to put a team in Las Vegas. So that's how I think Seattle's going to get a team back. I think it's going to be expansion. I'm not saying what you're hearing is wrong. I'm just saying I haven't heard that. What I've heard is more expansion, probably the way that's going to go. All right. Uh, Secrets MP said, why didn't the Lakers try to sign Portis last offseason? Portis, as I recall, came off the market pretty quick. He was pretty pretty set on staying with uh, with the Bucks. He would have been a great fit, for sure. I mean, he's a, an interesting guy that I think would have been a, a nice fit for the Lakers, particularly with Kyle Kuzma on the way out. But... I don't think he had any interest in leaving the Bucks. He had finally found uh, a home there, finally found a spot that uh, that worked, and so he stayed. Can't fault him for that. Let's see what else we've got here. <laughs> Somebody said, "said Where's the interview of Kai Soto?" That's that's coming. That's coming eventually, right? We'll, we'll get to that. We've got some editing to do, some stuff like that. Have to release it at the right time, all that kind of stuff. All right. Let's talk. Oh, Anna Kat Bohan. Hey, Anna Kat said, uh, said, hey, Trevor, always appreciate your work. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Um, so let's talk about this Phil Jackson thing. This whole situation where Phil Jackson reportedly, according to, uh, to Plasky, said, of uh, the LA Times, said that Bill Plaschke says that Phil Jackson wants to, what he's heard, Phil Jackson wants to give Russ another shot and trade LeBron. My hope is, my hope is that that is just, if you ever played the telephone game where the lines are getting crossed a little bit, the message is getting mixed up, my hope is that something's going on there because it doesn't sound like a very logical stance to have unless, unless, unless if you're Phil Jackson and you know LeBron's gone 2023. You know he's leaving in 2023. And I'm not saying that's the case. I'm saying, I'm just saying hypothetically. This is how you could make sense of that kind of a take. If you know LeBron is leaving in 2023, um, next offseason, 
and you know then that the Lakers are going to need to rebuild sooner rather than later, okay, okay, then then maybe that makes sense. Then maybe you look into see what you could trade LeBron for and get, and maybe you also look to trade Anthony Davis. And then if you're doing that, that's where that's where it makes sense to hang on to Russell Westbrook because what you're going to do if you trade Russ, if you trade Russ, you're going to give up future stuff, either it's future cap space or future draft picks, maybe both, maybe both. So you, if you trade Russell Westbrook. You're the Lakers. You go trade Russell Westbrook. You're uh, you're hurting yourself in the future in order to get stuff that's going to help you win right now. Maybe it's Gordon Hayward and Kelly Oubre Jr. Maybe it's Malcolm Brogdon and uh, and Buddy Heald. Whatever it is, you're going to get guys whose contracts run longer than Russell Westbrook's. With the idea being that they're going to fit better with LeBron right now. Okay. Well, but if LeBron's gone, if LeBron's gone, then you're going to want all the cap room you can have for 2023 to really restart the franchise, right? To have that flexibility, to make moves, do all kinds of stuff. That's what you would want for 2023 if, 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 and again, this is huge if. I don't think this is what Genie Bus wants to do. I don't think this is what's going to happen. I'm just trying to explain how Phil Jackson could have that take. If you think LeBron's gone and a rebuild has to come sooner rather than later, okay, okay, then, then maybe you could go down that path where you say, you know what? You move LeBron, you keep Russ, 2023, you have all the cap space, and off you go. And then you start the rebuild in earnest. That is the only way that I can rationalize it. And maybe that's not the way Phil's looking at it. Maybe it's not. We don't know. I'm just trying to think of ways that I can explain how that makes sense. But from what Jeannie Buss said recently in her interview with Bill Plaschke of the, the LA Times was that she just wants to make LeBron happy. That she wants LeBron to stay. She wants him to be happy. And that's what she's focusing on. And that was what came out recently as well, was that the Lakers, they're not worried about what LeBron does. They're not worried about whether or not LeBron's going to sign that contract. They're worried about, is LeBron happy? Is he happy being a Laker? Because if he is, then the contract part, that's going to take care of itself. So the important thing is making sure the relationship is strong with LeBron James. And it sounds like Jeannie is very much on board with keep LeBron, keep the relationship strong, make him happy, he's going to stay, all of that, all of that. So what Plaschke is saying, you know, contradicts everything else that we've been hearing. So I'm not saying that this is what's going to happen, but it's interesting that that's what's out there. And we know Phil Jackson now has has the ear of Jeannie Buss. He's got a say in the coaching process. How much of a say? We don't know exactly. Jeannie defended the involvement of Phil and Magic Johnson and Linda Rambis and Kurt Rambis and everybody else, right? She defended all of that in the LA Times article that came out recently. But in any event, it's going to be something to keep an eye on. What ultimately happens here with the Lakers? Do they decide to just go all in, build around LeBron and try to keep him happy and keep their fingers crossed and hope he doesn't bail in 2023? What do they do there? Or if he says, look, I'm out, do they consider putting him on the trade market? Doesn't sound like that's what what they're going to do. The rumors we've heard is that even if LeBron refuses to sign in 2023, they're not going to trade him. They're going to hang on to him. They're going to try to make sure the relationship is good and then try to sign him again in 2023. So I think that's the most likely scenario here. But this rumor that emerged, it's a little bit, it's surprising because it contradicts everything else that we're hearing. Let's see what else we've got going here. Uh, Somebody said, you guys really want LeBron out, huh? No, no, never said that. Did not say that we want LeBron, that I want LeBron out or anybody wants LeBron out. We're talking about hypothetical scenarios 
that would benefit the the Lakers that are how the Lakers can handle different situations. Um, yeah, I don't think I, I, and maybe some people in the comments are saying that they want LeBron gone or, or something like that. I think the Lakers are going to do everything they can to try to keep him, try to fix this and try to go win a championship next season. I think that's going to be the plan for your Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, Esham 976 says, Dr. Jerry Buss, may he rest in peace. Indeed had the foresight to rid himself of Shaq. Jeannie Buss needs to take a page out of Daddy's playbook and cut her losses. So you're talking about LeBron. So you're saying Shaq. Well, but Shaq forced the issue too. Shaq said, pay me. And Kobe was part of it as well, pretty much with the him or me mentality. But Shaq wanted a big raise and Dr. Buss got put in a position where he had to pick one of the two. And Shaq wanted this big raise and Kobe was the younger player. And and so he picked Kobe and, and traded Shaq. You don't have that same dynamic with LeBron, but I get what what you're saying, where if LeBron is forcing the franchise to do some things that you don't really want to do, do you cut ties? Do you do something else? I don't think we're at that point, though. I don't think that's where we're at. I think right now, everything we've heard from the Lakers side of things is they want to fix this. They want to win. They They want LeBron to pass Kareem's record in a Lakers jersey next season, and they want to contend for a championship next season. And again, according to what Jeannie said, she believes they can do that with LeBron and with AD. Now, what moves do you make around them in order to fix all the problems we saw this season? That's that's the question, and that's where Rob Palenka's got his work cut out for him. Jeannie also said that she is not opposed to making changes, right? She gave her vote of confidence to Rob Palenka, to the front office. She defended Curtin Lin- Linda Rambis. She defended Phil Jackson. She defended Magic Johnson. All these people being involved where we can say too many cooks in the kitchen. She did all of that, but then also said that if change is needed, she'll make change. And we've seen her do it. Now, I know a lot of people right now are saying, then do it. Now's the time. Do it. This was the worst season ever. How can you not change the front office after the worst season ever? But Jeannie believes that they can still fix this, and she's giving them another chance to do that. If they don't, they don't fix this, then I think we'll see Rob Palenka's gone and so on. Right then, then I think we'll see the ramifications of that. But Jeannie Buss right now is just saying, I still have faith, but if this doesn't get fixed, then we're going to have problems. And you know she'll carry through with it because she fired her brother. She fired her own brother, Jim Buss. So you know that if she really feels like she has no other choice, she'll do it. And again, I know some fans out there so frustrated, so upset by what we saw this last season, and rightfully so. Again, that was awful. Awful, awful, awful on so many levels. What we saw last season, it was a terrible product that people did not want to watch, and I don't blame them. That was horrific. But Jeannie believes they can fix that mess that they made, and she's going to give them the opportunity to do that. So June, July, we'll see what the Lakers do. We'll see what they do. Maybe they buy a second-round pick, grab somebody, and then they do something in in, uh, free agency. They do something on the trade market. Off you go. Again, LeBron James, if the Lakers were a three seed, LeBron's in the MVP discussion. He's playing at that level. AD had two major injuries this year, and we can say certainly he's injury prone. He suffered a number of injuries. That's a problem. It's it's a problem. It's a concern. All of that. But you can also look at it the other way, which is what AD has said. Looking at it, Anthony Davis says, I had these two injuries that were unavoidable. Right? A guy falls into his knee. He lands on a guy's foot. It's not like he's jogging down the floor and his quad explodes or something like that. 
It's not like he's just this clumsy wreck, right? He just had two kind of fluky injuries. Now, again, I hesitate to use the word fluky because he's also had other injuries and it seems to be consistent. We seem to see it happening a lot, but it's not the kind of injury where you just say, oh, this guy's just damaged goods. So there's hope that, look, if he gets healthy next season or if he is moderately healthy and LeBron James, same thing. They can play at a very high level. And if you surround them with the right pieces, and again, it's going to take, like I've been saying, you got to bat 1,000. You have to get everything right. It's got to be the right coach. Got to find the right pieces. Got to make the right trades. But if you can do that, maybe, just maybe, they can get back to where they want to be next season. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Does LeBron sign a one plus one if he does resign? That's from Jarrett. Uh, yes, I believe that he will. I think that a one plus one will make a lot of sense for him, specifically because he's had this stated goal of playing with with Bronny. That's been his goal for a while now. Is uh, is to play with his son if and when Bronny gets to the NBA, which would be 2024. So a one plus one would make all the sense because the way that would work is, and, and I think this is important big picture too. So I'll get to that in a second, but. The way it would work is you sign him to this one plus one. So now he's under contract for 2020, 20, the 2022-2023 season and 2023-2024. Summer of 2024, he would then have a player option. Now he's going to decline that option and then be a free agent and then he'll go wherever Bronny goes. The reason why you do it is a one plus one. If you're LeBron, it's the most you can get with you know, a non-guaranteed or a player option in there. And that's just protection in case something catastrophic happens to him then he's got that guarantee of that other that next year that he could opt into, right? And get another year's worth of, of salary. But typically what you would see is the player would then opt out, hit free agency, and then would be able to do what they want to do. In LeBron's case, it would be going to whatever team that, that Bronny goes to, which again, I've said it before, it's going to be fascinating to see what happens in that draft. Because Bronny, right, maybe he's a first round. I mean, we don't know. We're still a ways away, but maybe he's a first round guy. Maybe not. But he's definitely getting drafted in the first round, right? If you get what's probably going to be the final year of LeBron's career, teams will spend. Teams will burn a pick in order to get that. The amount of eyeballs, the attention, the revenue, everything that comes with that. Yeah, people are going to be willing to burn a pretty high draft pick in order to get Bronny and get LeBron for that what could be the final year of his career. So it's going to be interesting to see how all of that plays out. Um, Big picture. What this means when we talk about LeBron, does he sign in August or does he not? There's going to be a lot of emphasis on that. And rightfully so, like that's hanging over the Lakers. 
But this is also part of why Jeannie Buss isn't that concerned about the contract and why she's mostly concerned about whether or not LeBron is happy. Because realistically, if he signs a one plus one, we are talking about one year. We're talking about one season. That's it. That's the, the difference between LeBron in August signing an extension and not signing an extension with the Lakers. It's one year. That's it. One year. We're talking about the 2023-2024 season. Because 2024, assuming that Brownie is on path and everything and goes to the NBA that summer, LeBron is going to want to be a free agent regardless of what else happens that summer. So again, I, I think that then some some support to Jeannie's take of we just want we just want the relationship to be good. If he's happy, everything's gonna work itself out. And so I can understand that. But I think Lakers fans can still be, you know. <laughs> can still be a little bit nervous about it. It's certainly something we'll be talking about. All right. Uh, Current Loud from YouTube with the Super Chat said, what are the requirements to work at Lakers Nation? So requirements, I mean, typically we look for people who have a background in, in sports, who have a background in, in writing and journalism, things like things like that. But it depends on what it is, what your skill set is that you do. You can always hit me up with a DM over on, over on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. And we can talk about it further. Um, we get people that message us a lot and that are asking about, you know, how, how can I work for Lakers Nation? How can I get in? And, and that sort of stuff. It's a case-by-case basis. But again, tip, typically we look for some kind of a background in what it is that that we do. And in particular, you know, a skill set that that we need. Something that we and, uh, that we have an area of need in. Uh, Captain Chevrolet. Oh, $20 Super Chat. Thank you. Said, odd question. Is LeBron James Jr. any good? If so, do you see any scenarios where we move some mountain to acquire him, either through draft or trade? It's possible. I mean, who knows? Maybe the Lakers do decide, you know what? We really want LeBron to finish his career in purple and gold, so we need to do everything we can to go get Bronny. Maybe. Maybe that's that's what they do. Right now, I don't... And look, I'm not a draft expert. That's not... I'm just starting to dive into draft picks and things like that right now. I spend the season focused on the NBA. So I don't have a lot of time to pay attention to college and all the draft and all that stuff. And plus with the Lakers not having a pick, I haven't paid much attention to the draft itself. So I again, I don't present myself as a draft expert. So I'm throwing that out there as a just kind of a disclaimer here. But from what I have seen, I haven't seen him as one of the, like the top ranked prospects or anything like that. These guys can also change a lot. Young players year to year, they grow, they get bigger, they get faster, they get stronger, they get more skilled. Guys can change a lot in a year, in two years, before they're going to potentially come to the NBA. So right now, he isn't one of the higher-ranked guys, but you know he's also going to have the best coaching, the best conditioning, the best, you know, everything, right, that you could possibly want. So that's going to be a factor, too. How good does he ultimately wind up being? We'll see. We'll see. He doesn't seem like he's a phenom that's just lighting the world on fire like like his dad did, like LeBron did when he was in high school and ESPN was televising his games and, and all that kind of stuff. So is he any good? He's he's good. He's uh, he's talented. Is he good enough to play in the NBA? I think probably. But again, we have to see where he's at in a couple of years. Um, he's not like a lock. This is the top recruit right now. But again, we'll see. Young player. Tay Jackson, what happened to Dion Waiters? <laughs> I don't know. Um, Dion Waiters hasn't been in the NBA since he since that run with the Lakers. I liked him a lot, um, but for whatever reason, he just wasn't able wasn't able to stick in the NBA. 
Uh, Alberto Flores, hey Trevor, do you know if we have a second round pick this year? Also, is it common for teams to sell picks? So, Alberto, the Lakers do not have a second round pick this year. They don't. Uh, is it common? It is, but actually I was just having this conversation earlier today with some people um, about draft picks, and it seems like the price for second round picks has been going up because teams have been noticing that it, you can find guys in the second round, you can develop them and, and all that. In the past, you could just buy a second round pick, right? You could just pay, here, two million bucks, let us have a second round pick. As I recall, it's what they did with Jordan Clarkson. Just bought a second round pick off of a team, paid them cash, thank you. You can spend, I believe it's up to five million. Uh, you can add in into transactions for trades. So I'm sure the Lakers will explore that. It's not as common for teams to sell second round picks over the last few years for just straight cash. Now teams are wanting cash and like a future second round pick. And we're seeing teams get that. So that could be a little bit of a challenge for the Lakers, but if there's a guy there that they really, really want, I think there's things they might be able to do in order to get that guy if the team that has those picks is willing to deal with cash. If you're the Lakers, I don't think, you know, you're not trading like Austin Reeves to get a second round pick or something like that, but I would like to see the Lakers get back into the draft somehow because they have such a high hit rate. They've done such a phenomenal job finding talent late in the draft. They've been excellent at it. I mean, we, we talk about it every show, but you go from, you know, Vita Zubats, Kyle Kuzma, Josh Hart, Austin Reeves, of course, even THT, Taylor Norton Tucker, Jordan Clarkson, sixth man of the, of the year. I mean, last year. So you've got, you've got all these guys that they found. And again, I, and I left out a bunch there. All these guys that they found late, they do a great job of that. And so I would love to see them get back up into the second round and bring in another young talent and just trust. Look, scouting department, your record is great. Just trust in them to find you the right guy. Would love to see it. All right, guys. Um, I am going to take a quick break. We're going to get a little word from our sponsors, Athletic Greens. So we'll take a short three-minute break, and I will be right back. Lakers Nation, I want to pause for a moment and talk a little bit about Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 because for me personally, I was interested in recovery. Number one, I've been trying to get back into shape and spending a lot of time in the gym, lifting weights, doing all those sorts of things. And I wanted to see if it could help with my recovery process and what that looks like. We all know how important recovery is in any type of athletic endeavor. And then also the mental clarity part of it. I'm the type of person where I've noticed, you know, middle of the day, I start to just hit this lull, this wall that I, I run into, and I've just found I'm just not as productive as I should be. And I'll admit, I was pretty skeptical when I went into this, uh, when I started taking AG1, but I've been very, very pleasantly surprised. Not only has my recovery improved, and I've been taking AG1 for about three weeks now, I've been making noticeable improvements in the gym, but the mental clarity piece to this, the energy piece to this, it has been noticeable in the afternoons. I simply have more focus, more energy. I just noticed suddenly I'm getting way more done during the day. I'm accomplishing more tasks on my to-do list rather than pushing things off to the next day. And that means for all of you, that means more Lakers Nation content, more NBA front office content, everything else that we bring. It's been absolutely fantastic. I can't believe how productive I've been while taking AG1. So what is AG1? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. And that is exactly how I take it. It's the first thing I take in the morning. Instead of getting coffee or an energy drink or something like that, I drink my AG1. 
One, this special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, your focus, aging, all of the things all in one. And it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself that you would have to go out and find. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. Athletic Greens, it was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine to recover. It cost him over $100 per day. He created Athletic Greens after experiencing how difficult it was to create an optimal nutrition routine on your own. And for me, I'm super busy. The sports world, it moves at a lightning fast pace. So Athletic Greens, very quick, very simple for me to get my nutrition in one place. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash LakersNation. Again, it's athleticgreens.com slash LakersNation to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, and we are back. Once again, for anybody joining me, as you can see, I'm working out of the hotel here still. I'll be back in studio tomorrow, so it should be much better then. So again, I, I saw some people in the comments talking about there was some lag, some stalling, that kind of stuff. Unavoidable, unfortunately, but um, bear with it. Audio should still be good. Somebody in the chat mentioned um, something about the Warriors, and I want to address this said, uh, I wish Trev would stop rooting for the Dubs. I live in the Bay, and no Dubs fan would ever root for us. They literally hate us and troll us every chance they get. I would rather play catch-up with the Celtics. I don't root for the Warriors. Um, I don't. I just don't particularly care about the Warriors. They don't They don't get to And maybe that's, you know, I'm old-school Lakers fan, so to me, the, the Celtics are the bigger threat the bigger you know rival because they've always been the Lakers rival so there's that that history that's built up there um I don't feel any particular kind of way about the Warriors and again part of that is probably that when the Warriors were really really good and dominant the Lakers were not good at all the Lakers weren't playing to win games or, or anything like that so I'm sure that's part of the reason why I don't feel any particular way about about the Warriors, I, but I also don't feel any particular way about the Suns or the Blazers or the Jazz or the Kings or any of these other real you know, Western Conference teams. To me, aside from it's the Clippers because they're doing stuff specifically to target the Lakers and annoy the Lakers within their own city. Um, and then there's the Celtics because it's Boston and because that's how it goes. Um, the Lakers, when you are the most popular franchise in the world, when you are the most visible, you're on national TV all the time, you've got LeBron James, when you've won 17 championships, hate comes with that. When you're successful, people will hate you. Or that's that's what happens. And so you know, if Warriors fans don't like the Lakers, don't like, okay, that that comes with the territory. That comes with, with being successful. Um, Suns fans hate the Lakers. Utah fans hate the Lakers, right? It's the way it goes. So that it doesn't bother me that much. I understand it can be difficult, though, living in a city where you're surrounded by fans of another team and that team really doesn't like your Lakers. I under, I get it. I get it. I understand. 
how difficult that, that can be. But, um, yeah, I just, I don't root for the Warriors at all, but they don't bother me either. That's, that's, and that's just me. I understand a lot of people don't like them or don't like the Suns or, or whatever. I get it. For me personally, it was just Clippers or Celtics. That was it. All right, let's see what else we've got. <laughs> Spurs, too. Somebody said can't root for the Spurs. Yeah, I mean, everybody. Everybody can have some team that they just they don't like. Let's see what else we've got here. We'll do a few more. I've got an early flight, so, uh, so I'm not going to do a super long show here, but we'll do a few more. Let's see. Oh my gosh. I've seen a lot of people commenting on the connection again. Apologies. Uh, Dame said, Trevor, if you had to guess who will win the championship. So this, for me, who's going to win the championship? It's probably, I mean, I think Phoenix has a really good shot. I think Golden State has a good shot. I kind of feel like at the end, it's going to come down to who wins ultimately in this Bucks and Celtics series. And I don't mean to disregard the Heat. I think the Heat have been overlooked for a while now. Uh, even though they're the one seed, it felt like nobody was really giving them a chance. They're, they're good. They really have a shot to, to potentially get to the finals. But I think it's going to be the team that comes out of the East. And I just I don't know why I am. I, I just feel like the Suns somehow are going to find a way to not get it done. Same thing with, with the Warriors. I just think as good as those teams are, just think somebody from the East is going to come out, particularly if it's like if the Bucks. I think the Bucks could definitely get it done. We'll see. We'll see. I think right now, right now, to me, it's whoever comes out between the Bucks, the Celtics, the Heat are kind of in that mix, and then Suns and Warriors from the West. It'll be one of those two teams. So I think it'll be interesting to see how all that plays out. But and yes, I am kind of overlooking the 76ers there, but I just think Miami's the, the better team overall. And with Embiid still kind of hurting, I think they're going to get through. So I think that's actually kind of one of the great things about the NBA playoffs right now, even though the Lakers aren't in it, is that you can't look at it and say, oh, clearly this team's the favorite. This team's just going to steamroll through and, and beat everybody. It's not like 2001 where everybody knew, okay, the Lakers, nobody's stopping them, which was, was great from our perspective, not great for the league's perspective because there wasn't a lot of mystery. This year, you've got a number of teams who could win it, which I think makes it, makes it exciting. Uh, somebody said, anyone but the Celtics? Agreed, yeah. Anybody but the Celtics. Carol Zarbano said, I think the Sixers can upset the Heat, but I okay. Yeah, I mean, I think they might be, but they have to win two now. They have to win two. And Miami looked really good last game. I think the Sixers are going to come out firing tomorrow, but we'll see. Also said, I miss the Lakers. I do too, but you know what? I was thinking about this today. It almost felt, it felt like we didn't get the Lakers this season. Like we did, but you never got that sense that you were really watching Lakers basketball. It was like you were watching something else. It was weird. It was just a bizarre season. So it feels like as much as like, hey, we're into the offseason. I already miss, you know, covering games and all that kind of stuff. It feels like it's been even longer since we've really seen the Lakers play. 
which is weird. It, it's just weird. But that's but that's how this season went. If as we were watching these games, it just like what what is this team that we're watching? It certainly doesn't seem like it's it's the Lakers. Uh, Christian said, if the Lakers somehow think of trading AD, the Lakers front office should call the Hawks about AD in exchange for John Collins, Jalen Johnson, draft picks, and maybe even Knox or Herter. Yeah, the interesting thing about the Hawks is they've got um, they've got the wings that a lot of teams are going to be looking for, and they've already put it out there. Uh, Travis Schlank already put it out there, GM, that yeah, they're going to make changes. Or no, I believe it was their owner put out there that, look, they're, they're going to make some big changes. So you know there's moves coming from the Atlanta Hawks, and they've got wing players, which is something the Lakers sorely need. So is there something that can be worked out there? That's going to be interesting to see. I think the Jazz are also going to make moves. Um, I don't know if it means Gobert and, and Donovan Mitchell, or one of them, but Bogdanovich could be on the move, Boyan Bogdanovich. And then you've got uh, maybe a Royce O'Neal, somebody like that. Could be some wings out there on the market where you can work in a trade for. I'm not saying you trade Anthony Davis for that stuff, but something to consider. I think there's going to be some pieces moving. I think this summer is going to be the summer of trades because there's not a lot of cap space out there. There's hardly any players to spend any money on. So free agency isn't going to be as big of a deal as we've seen in years past because there's just not that many players there. But there's a lot of teams that want to do stuff. They either want to take a step back, take a step forward, need to shuffle some pieces, you know, whatever. So because of that, I think we're going to have a really, really active trade market, which is going to be fun. I think we're going to have a summer of trades across the NBA, and the Lakers, I think, are going to be right in the thick of it, which is going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> Manuel Reyes, I was wondering if anybody was going to notice this. Um, Manuel Reyes said, Trevor's got a Bucks logo in the background. No, the, the section of Atlanta that I'm in is called Buckhead, and so the hotel has a picture of, the buck, uh, of a buck on the wall. I walked in, and I went, what is this? And then I remembered where exactly I'm at. So yes, no, it is not a Milwaukee Bucks logo. Uh, favorite wing player on the market? It would have been Robert Covington, but the Clippers already went ahead and signed him since he was their free agent. Um, in terms of realistically acquirable, I think Otto Porter Jr. moves up probably to the top of the list. Uh, he did get injured in tonight's game. Uh, foot issue. We'll see what that means for him moving forward, but hopefully he's good for the next game for the, the Warriors. Uh, but he's up there. But again, I'm talking about realistic target. I know there's other guys that are out there, um, but guys the Lakers could actually sign. I think Otto Porter Jr. is probably near the top of the, the list now for me. All right, let's do let's do one more. Let's do one more, and then we'll we'll call it a night here. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, somebody made the, the comment that THT was not good because of Russell Westbrook. I, I've talked about that a little bit. So this is something that we need to keep in mind. When we're looking at Taylor Horton Tucker 
and his lack of success. Oh, somebody said, can we get Cam Reddish? He's a better fit. Would love to see them target Cam Reddish. They had him, they had him at the trade deadline. And then the Raptors and the Knicks couldn't figure out draft picks and figure out that that element of it. Man, that would have been an interesting deal. THT for Cam Reddish and Alec Burks. Kendrick Nunn probably was in it. I would have liked that trade for the Lakers. I think that would have been a good deal. But THT, you gave him, you signed him to this contract. Say he's going to be your next guy, right? He's your fourth highest paid player. And then you went and got the guy who fits the worst of anybody in the NBA next to him in Russell Westbrook. Not a great fit at all. You did, you devalued a guy that you just spent a lot of money on by putting him next to Russell Westbrook. So something to keep in mind. I I still think he's going to be on the trade market this summer if the right deal comes along. Okay. But I also think his value is going to be higher next season. I think he's going to be better next season, which is not a hot take at all. 21 years old, 21-year-olds tend to get better season by season. That's just, it's what happens. So again, that's not some bold prediction here or anything. But I think that if Russell Westbrook's not on the team, that will also boost Taylor Horton Tucker just by making his situation a little bit better. It was tough watching possessions where Russ and THT were on the floor together. Defenses just ate them up. On paper, it didn't work. On the floor, it didn't work. I think THT's life will be much easier if he's playing in a post-Westbrook Lakers world. So something to keep in mind. If THT doesn't get moved this summer, I would expect to see, well, you don't want to set the bar too high. I would expect to see a, a pretty significantly better version of Taylor Horton Tucker next year. All right, everybody. Let's uh, let's call it a show there. I appreciate all of you for joining me. I know we've had some issues with the stream in terms of the speed of it. Again, I'll be back in my studio tomorrow, so everything should be looking better for that. But I've got an early morning flight, so I need to get a little rest before that. But again, appreciate all of you for coming in here and joining me. I wanted to make sure I stuck with our schedule, even when I'm traveling. So thank you guys for coming in here and uh, and joining me. And again, keep an eye out. We're going to have some new content coming out really, really soon over on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Make sure you do subscribe. Don't forget to turn on notifications as well. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.